Construction Podcast Deconstruction Podcast Deconstruction Podcast Deconstruction Welcome to the pod. I'm here with Dustin, and um, if you've listened to the episodes, you'll know that I have a struggle with last names, but I think I got this one. Kessel. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Dustin Kessel, welcome to the Deconstruction Pod. It used to be Pivorato. Pivorato? Yes. Is that Italian? Yes. Are you Italian? I am a little tiny bit. A little tiny 17% bit? 17% per ancestry. 17% by your name is, boom, Pavarotto or Pavarotto. Pavarotti. Well, I mean, once it gets passed down through your, you know, paternal lineage, right? Yeah. So my great-grandfather was half Italian, half French. Oh. Monier and Pavarotto. Man, isn't it crazy? Just lineage. Mm-hmm. Just that, just just the thought of lineage, you know, that you have ancestors go all the way back. Yes, I've done some of, research, yes. The, okay. What have you found that's interesting? My, Spare me the boring parts. Okay, my great-great-grandfather was deaf-mute, and oh. he ran a newspaper in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Wow. And then his wife, I believe, died of tuberculosis. Her oldest son died of tuberculosis, and mm. my great-grandmother was um, sent to a Thompson orphanage in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. When she was probably like seven years old, probably saved her life hmm. going to the orphanage because you figure like her mom died of TB. Yeah. The brother contracted it. He joined the Navy and then ended up dying of TB later. So he probably had it when he went in. And then her dad was deaf mute. So you can't imagine like this, like 49 year old man. He was older when he married um, her mother and, you know, couldn't take care of a seven year old child and take care of an ailing wife. So. Yeah. Times were rough back then. They were way rough back then. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about my ancestors. I, I think it's more difficult for our family because, I don't know, we just didn't keep good records. And and Garcia is, is a very popular uh, surname. Um, so, like, if you Google my name, there's... A lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, you want to be able to find me, which is kind of a blessing. Anyway, uh, Dustin is a fellow improviser. She's on Terra Squad with me. She's on We Don't Not Want No Scrubs with me. She is on the house team Fjordash. Mm -hmm. What other teams are you on? Oh, see, and now I'm going to... Current. Current. I think those are the only three that are um, performing right now. Yeah. Oh, no, correction. Sorry. Feminem. So uh, broken out of Figment after, um, uh, I mean, not that Figment wouldn't perform again. Sure. Um, but uh, the women of Figment have joined together and were performing as Feminems. Feminems. Nice. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, you have, from what very little that I know, a, a, an interesting life. Um, I like to know. I want to know more. That's why you're here. 
Uh, here's what I know about you. You were in the Navy. Yes. Okay. You have a, a child. Yes. Okay. Um, you've been married and divorced. Yes. That's about all I know. But it, that in itself is really... And and I know bits and pieces about, right. you know... Well, um, now you know about everybody back to the dawn of time. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and your, yeah, your great-grandfather was a deaf mute. Yes. <clears throat> and they were not immune to tuberculosis. Well, no, I, he didn't die. No, every, I, everyone else did. Everyone else was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so I want to talk about so much. And, um, you know, I, I originally thought I was going to do a separate, like a third podcast, because mm-hmm. I already have two, about parenthood. But I think I'll just make it part of this thing. Seems like it weaves in. Yeah, it weaves to in. To everything. Um, so I want to start there. Why not? So how old's your kid right now, if you don't mind me saying? She's 14. 14. Okay. Yeah. And, okay, so how old were you when you had this child? I was 28 years old. 28 years old. Okay, so you yeah. were, like, super young. You mm-hmm. were, like, yeah, f- uh, fair. And uh, you were married at the time? Yeah, I had been married for about five years. So you're five years married. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you decide. So I imagine this is, like, a planned pregnancy. Oh, no. it, it was not. It was no, a it surprise. No, it was not. It was a surprise. Okay, so yeah. how did it, like... Okay, so did you want kids? Did your ex-husband want kids? We had always talked about having children. Yeah. Um, and I think at the time, when we, when we first started dating, it was like, yeah, I want to have three. He was the youngest of six. Okay. And, and you were the... I, I it, For all my life up until age 23, so I was already married Yeah. when my parents decided to start having children again. So when Paul... My ex-husband and I married, um, I was 22, 23, and like, you know, we were talking about having at least three children. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm the oldest of five, to answer that other question. I'm the oldest of five. My parents um, both remarried, and my mom had one, and my dad had two. Okay, so you're the oldest, which I totally, I get that vibe, because okay. there's definitely a vibe um, with every, like... Um, or there's at least an old, well, there's definitely an oldest vibe. There's definitely a youngest vibe. Yeah. Um, I'm the youngest. I don't know if you get that vibe from me. Um, I, I suppose I could, I could get that. Yes. Yeah. yeah I could get that. Yeah. Um, but I, I can usually tell if someone's the, or I, I can usually tell if someone's the youngest or the oldest, or at least I'm never shocked. Um, right. Um, okay. So you're not shocked. No, I'm not okay. shocked. Um, there's a certain maturity that I just don't have. <laughs> yeah, well, my parents were also very young. So my mom was 17 when she had me, and oh, my, my dad was 20. Okay. And so by the time I was 15, I was driving, doing grocery shopping. You know, I looked after my little sister, like, pretty much all through. Yeah. Like, stay-at-home, middle school, high school. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So there was a lot of expe- expected of me. Yeah. Not okay. just being the oldest, but also, you know, in the in the situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna jump into that later. But yeah. first, back to back to your your twenties. Okay, so you get married. Yes. You're like, okay, we want kids, three ish, maybe. Right. We, but I was in the navy. Okay. So what? Uh, how? Uh, when did you join the navy? So I joined the navy. Um, I, I got my commission. I graduated college in 1999, and then commission thereafter. And then the first four years of your your duty is sea tour. So the expectation is you don't 
you don't get pregnant. You plan around your yeah. shore duty, yeah. right? So by the time we got to shore duty, I was itching yeah. already. I was ready. Ready to have kids. Yeah. Cool. Okay. But um, but you didn't for a while. Conceived in 2004. I went on shore duty in 2003. So we were a year and a half into shore duty. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then, whoops. Yeah. Because we, we had already started marriage counseling. Yeah. So there was already kind of like this vibe of like, uh-oh, right? Like, you know, I mean, but I think everybody goes through that at like six or seven years, right? Does that make sense? Like yeah. in a relationship? So hold on. Yeah, I, I know, I'm, I'm, sorry. Co- I'm confused by the time. So yeah. um, you graduate college like 22, 23? Uh, I was 20. Yeah, 22. 21, 22. Right, right at okay, my birthday. So yeah. around 22, you enter the Navy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then like mm-hmm. three and a half years of uh, shore duty. Yeah. So when I check off a of shore duty, I am probably 25. Okay. I guess I'm 25. Yeah. Cool. 26. I was 26. 26. It was 26. Yes. Okay. And 2003. Then, I was born in 77. That makes sense. And then yeah. how old were you got when you got married? So. I was uh, 23. How'd you meet this guy? I So I had gone off. We would do um, summer cruise stuff with the Navy. Mm-hmm. And we met in Norfolk at a house party. At a house party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then like, what'd you think of this guy? Did you um, like him right I, away? No, it was trouble. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> immediately like it was like oh he's cute and he's trouble like both thoughts and i mean he's a great dad to yeah. my daughter yeah. we weren't right for each other we actually just had this conversation the other day mm-hmm. in public yeah so yeah okay but you met him good looking yeah. guy trouble yep. Uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> um and you couldn't resist yeah yeah okay so you yep. guys get together we get together for the two weeks that i'm there and then i go back to south carolina and then we stay in touch. Okay. Uh, South Carolina, is that, um, is that, what's in South Carolina? Oh, sorry. That's where I was going to school. Okay. So I was like doing a summer um, tour in Virginia. Yeah. Meet him. Yeah. Go back to South Carolina. He's still in Virginia. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then you, um, oh, there's my little cat. Oh, I was going to say, I heard her Yeah. She loves to interrupt the podcast. Aww. Um. Okay. So then... How do you find yourself married to this gentleman? Um, we, God, you know when you grow up in a like household where you're just like, yeah, like I just want to have a family. Does that make any sense? Like where people love me and like I want to create this like family unit. Okay, and I think I that was like that. a strong desire for me. Yeah. Um, and so. It was this long distance relationship, very like for me, you know, probably one of the most intense relationships for me um, as a young person. Yeah. And just like intense feelings, like, like intense, like, and, and, but like, like this thing that like, oh, I've now I've found it. Now I've found this thing. I must hold on to it. This thing. Regardless, of like- yeah. Regardless of what your brain is saying, what it, regardless of whatever is it like. This is an opportunity for me to create that family that I really wanted. Did you want, and did you have the clarity of, like, did you know that's what you wanted? Or or was it like, I want something, I'm not sure what it is, and you figure out it's a family? Or or did you know then, like, I want a family? And he's like, okay. Yeah, yeah I knew I wanted a family. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was like, that. this is the next step, right? You graduate college, you meet somebody, you create a life, you then have children, 
that those are the those were the things like I think I had like a checklist probably like a mental checklist okay because I told you I don't like to write things down but like I had a mental checklist of okay I do this and then I can do this and then I do this and then I can do this and yeah yeah so how long did you date before you got engaged or married so we were long distance relationship for about a year and then I graduated from college moved up to Rhode Island. We continued on long distance. He had left Virginia and gone back home to North Dakota um, and was working for his dad's farm. Um, he, you know, and so then he moved in with me when I was in Rhode Island. So when I moved up to Rhode Island, he finished up the summer season with his dad uh-huh. and then flew out to Rhode Island and then we got engaged. Okay. Yeah. And Rhode Island was... Where they send officers to go. Okay. So you kind of do some mini ship driving courses and yeah, yeah do yeah. your... I was a communications officer, so I went to communications school. And, and by the way, I didn't uh, establish where you're from. Like, where'd you grow up? Oh, okay. I grew up in um, Somerville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We moved there when I was four. Yeah. Um, I was also a Navy brat, so we had moved around before that. And then, um, yeah, then did my undergraduate at uh, University of South Carolina in Columbia. Go Gamecocks. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So now you're engaged. You get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have three and a half years of shore duty. Yeah, move across the country. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so um, you talked about wanting kids, mm-hmm. but you didn't have didn't have have it yet. You're in marriage counseling because things aren't going. Or, or is it just kind of like normal normal like ups and downs, or was there Something, did you know back then, okay, this is like something's off or wrong? Or what what can you tell looking back now what it was? um, So if I were to look back at everything and just being a young person um, and some of the things that I learned in counseling, because I actually put myself into counseling before he and I went into marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, uh, life started to go a little bit awry from like things weren't fitting into the bubble of how I thought life was supposed to be mm-hmm. about 24, 25. Yeah. And it was after sea duty. So like sea duty is super intense. You're underway. There's never any time to think, you know, you're talking about being travel and all that stuff. Like it's very similar It's high op tempo. You don't have a lot of time to really like dwell on like, there's something bothering me or there's something underneath. And so I go to my first shore duty and I start to feel like the realities that I had created in my head about how life would be didn't, didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So I started seeing a counselor through the Navy Mm -hmm. when I was like 24 or 25. Yeah. And then as a result of, um, yeah, we ended up in counseling. I thought it was a good idea that we go to counseling because I didn't feel connected. Um, but probably the damage was already done. Like yeah. I didn't, I wasn't the, I'm not the same person that I was back then. Yeah. Um, and so I was very immature, um, thought that accused him of doing things to me on purpose. Does mm. that make sense to hurt yeah. my feelings? Yeah. Which weren't necessarily like looking back on it probably wasn't the best emotional integrity. So like out of marriage counseling came, ah, I keep my side of the street clean. This is emotional integrity. You don't just lash out at people because that's what I was raised with. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't a very, I wasn't a very good, I don't think I was a very good wife. Yeah. Um, I tried to be a good wife. I was a good provider. Like I thought that was 
part of my role. I was a good provider. Yeah. Um, I tried to do everything, but in trying to do everything, I drove myself crazy and not being able to do anything well. Yeah. And always feeling that way. And I would say that I allowed, like, there was probably some manipulation on his part. And, I mean, ultimately, he sought somebody outside of our relationship. And, yeah, kind of the world exploded. Yeah. Yeah. So, when you say he saw it like he had an affair? Um, yeah, I want to believe... <laughs> so, I want to believe that probably there was nothing physical yeah. before we divorced. Yeah. But there was certainly an emotional relationship going on. Okay. He's still with her. So, that's why yeah. it's a little... So, yeah. now, did that come to light for you, like... Um, before the marriage counseling or was that later on? Uh, during the marriage counseling. Okay. It came to light. And and essentially I would I would say, I think something is going on. Yeah. And and nothing's going on. Right? Like and the right. like the, we played this for like a year and a half. Sure. Cool. So then um when does a pregnancy happen? December of oh four. And we'd had like a major a major fight. And we'd also had an epiphany in marriage counseling about drinking, about alcohol. What was the epiphany? Uh, the epiphany was, I, oh God, I'm trying to remember what she said to me directly. She said, do you think that alcohol has anything to do with what's going on? Mm-hmm. And she'd asked before mm-hmm. multiple times. Yeah. Um, But at that moment, it kind of resonated. Mm. And it was I just ironic that I that the drinking kind of stopped and then I got pregnant and then, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, so how long, uh, so you're married, so you're doing uh, counseling. How long, uh, are you in counseling, uh, before you get pregnant? You told me the year, but it's about a year and a half. So from the time, so I started counseling probably at 24, and then did that for about a year. So we probably checked into marriage counseling at about 25. Okay. And then that went through to the December of 04, which would have made me 27. So a couple years. And then, okay. yeah. And then okay. had Stella when I was 28. So, and, and you both were drinking or were drinkers? Um, yeah. I mean, we would. So I think my biggest issue with alcohol was I was using it to cope with like social situations. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know when to stop. So it would get to the point where I wasn't conscious. Yeah. At the end of the night. Yeah. And then things would happen as a result of that. People would take advantage of those situations. So I know this is such, like, I'm going way deep in drama and I, like, no, yeah. no, no. So, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you care to, sh- I mean, like, so like sexual assault assault type of stuff? Um, Yeah. I mean, so the person I thought my ex-husband was having an affair with was married. Mm. And we were all hanging out at Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I, as usual, got way too drunk and ended up puking in a bucket that evening and passing out on the the floor at their house. Yeah. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and there were hands up my shirt. Yeah. And it was not my husband. It was her husband. Mm. And so, and then to to delve into everything that we found out after the fact was, you know, he had been, my ex-husband had been emotionally supporting her 
Yeah. While her husband was having like a serious issue with alcohol and drugs, which yeah. I was not aware of. And so that kind of blew that blew up. We talked about it in therapy and I said, "Yes, I think drinking has something to do with this." Yeah. Um and it wasn't the first time that there had been alcohol and some sort of assault happened to me in this situation like through college as young as you know, the first time experience with somebody get, plying me with alcohol for purposes of that type of assault it started at 11. Ugh. So it's okay. It didn't happen. Like I was asked to take my clothes off and I said no, but I mean, oh my God, this is like, I'm like, bleh. <laughs> just went bleh. All yeah. right. So yeah. So it was like, it was like a, it, these shadow events kept happening. Like yeah. the same type of shit kept happening. Yeah. And it was like a light bulb and it was like, mm, yeah, this is only happening when I'm drinking. Like I don't have the ability to escape. I don't have the ability to make right decisions for myself or protect myself. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that happens. And then three weeks later, I find out. No, actually, it was about a month later. I found out like right at New Year's that I was pregnant. Mm. So it was like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, drama, drama, no, drama, yeah, a lot of drama. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, not drinking can be a dangerous thing. Um, I know you don't drink. Yeah, I also don't drink. Right uh, for my for my own reasons. Um, but it's just a, a GD shame that. I mean, it's it's good that you stopped drinking, but like, it sucks that one of the reasons is like nothing to do with you but with other people and like you're i mean it's more dangerous for you because you're vulnerable unconscious or whatever and so like in a just ideal world you can just trust people to not you know assault you in any kind of way so Mm. that that just really sucks that that's it's not it wasn't only like there was also like um, like mental and verbal type of stuff too. Yeah. That I recognized with my family early on. Yeah. So we would all get together. And then once you start drinking, you can't drive away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you shouldn't be in a car driving away. So even if you just had a couple, like a verbal assault could start and then you're like, oh, damn it, I'm stuck. Yeah. So it, it, there were multiple like indicators throughout life to be like oh yeah this just doesn't work for me right yeah but yes right. it does suck okay <laughs> sorry no no don't don't apologize <laughs> yeah to <me>. thank you for sharing yeah. um so all right so then you find out you're pregnant yeah which and it wasn't planned it was not no um mm-hmm. i mean not to get into like detail but like um like what was the lapse like was it like um, were you on birth, birth control? Yeah, was he I was birth- on birth control pill. I had put on some, uh, yeah, I was on birth control and, you know, without getting into too much detail, like, you know, once you're married, why? Why use a condom? <laughs> right. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you were still on birth control, but it just it didn't. Uh, yeah, and I was horrible at taking it, by the way. Yeah. So I no longer, I no longer prescribe to that type of um birth control yeah oh. i do a little more more of a permanent solution yeah good yeah. for you <laughs> okay so you find yeah. out you're pregnant yeah. what goes through your mind um so i actually dreamed that i was pregnant three days before i found out i was pregnant wow and a little blonde haired girl was um because like with the bad times, let's just uh, like go back with the bad times. There uh-huh. were still good times in between. Sure. Right. Like, so we had gone to go visit my ex's family farm, 
his whole family gets together. It was always like, that was one thing. Like I've always fallen in love with men who have good families. Mm. So good mothers-in-law, like really just like good parental support unit. So I feel like maybe there's something like behind all of that. But anyway, so we've spent Christmas, Christmas with his family. He and I have like removed ourselves from... The home situation. I'm not really. We're not really drinking. So like the co- the the fighting stuff that would happen as a result of drinking mm-hmm. wasn't happening. And then I had this dream, and there was a little girl running on a beach with blonde hair, and I was like, "Oh, that's you know, that's what I want." Like I think in my mind, that's what I wanted. I wanted that to be us. Maybe that was a dream for us, right? Yeah. Um, even though though all this other stuff. That w- it was irreparable yeah. damage yeah. had already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and so, so I found out and, and I was like, okay, um, now I need to tell, um, you know, Paul and, uh, he didn't take it very well. How did he take it? Um, what did he do? What did he say? From what you can remember. There were moments where he questioned, um, whether or not it was his. Mm. Um, and those lead into the stories that we tell ourselves, right? The story for him was he wasn't having an affair. He wasn't all these things he wasn't doing. Um, and therefore the stories he had told her, because when she found out I was pregnant, she was like, how did that happen? (laughs) So the only thing I can kind of like piece together is that the stories were, we're not even sleeping together was probably a conversation that was going on. Yeah. Um, as they were commiserating with their, about their awful husbands and wives together. Um, and so, uh, he, he separate, he distanced himself. He immediately distanced himself from me. Mm. Um, and yeah, I don't think after that we, there was no more of a physical relationship between the two of us. Yeah. And, um, but then there was still this forced getting together with this other couple, which, you know, ate me up inside. Yeah. Drove me a little bit crazy. I was also... Working on my master's degree at the time. Yeah, wow. And getting a home remodeled. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's like, all of these things that, like, you're like, I'm still going to do these things. I'm still going to do all these things that are in the, like, check the block and, like, don't worry. All that stuff will work itself out. And yeah. I was, it was, like, almost, like, dissociative, I think. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, at a tense time. So, okay, you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. You're married. Yeah. Um... But your husband doesn't take it well. Mm-hmm. He's something's going on with him and this woman. Yep. you're not quite sure what, but it's something. Yeah, her husband has assaulted you at this point. Yep, and um, but you're still having to hang out with them. Yes, because uh, in my mind, I you know to serve my ex husband's narrative that like there's nothing going on. I then accept and swallow what's being said to me because if I believe that, then we are still right. Like everything's good. Yeah. If I don't believe it. Yeah. If I face the truth. Yeah. The person inside of me is like, no more. Like you can't do this anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so, um, Husband distances himself. Yeah. And we're still living together. We decide to get the house remodeled. Yes. And then we separate. You separate, like officially separate? Yeah. Um, it 
broiled up in a uh, big fight. Yeah. Um, we were over at this other couple's house. Yeah. And we had agreed in counseling that we would go home together because I was getting exhausted because I was already like five and a half months pregnant. Yeah. And um, we were out hanging out with them and her family was in town. She just graduated with her bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, I got to go home. I'm I'm tired. We were living at my sister's place with her boyfriend because our house was in the middle of remodel. And I said, you know, can can we just go home? I was like, I'm going to stay out with the family. And I was like, your family's standing right in front of you. Yeah. And it's like, nope, I'm, you know, you're not like, I think it came down to a control. He mm. didn't want me to control him. Mm. And I didn't want him to be out where I knew that like there was this thing going on and I'm just sitting here oblivious to myself. And I just said, look, you don't come home tonight. Don't come home tomorrow. Yeah. And then that was kind of it. So I was like, what, 28 years old? Yeah. yeah. 20. I just turned 28 years old. And I was like, yeah, don't come home yeah. tomorrow. And then we continued through counseling. And then eventually it was like, yeah, I think I want a divorce. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you decide on when the world, when you, when that happens, mm-hmm. how, like how far along are you? Do you have the kid already? Mm-mm. Yeah. No, I was like six or seven months pregnant. We're still waiting for the house to get remodeled. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're late on doing that. So I'm living with my sister. He says he's living at the house and showering at the gym, but I know where he's staying because basically the weekend after I kicked him out, those two filed for divorce mm. and and the husband moved out, called me the next day and told me everything that had happened after I left that night. Um, and I told him never to call me again. Yeah. I was like, we're, we're good. Yeah. I don't need to talk to you anymore. Yeah. And that was back to the, what had happened. Right. Like, I don't need to pretend anymore. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So how do you, I mean, such a, I met, well, tell me, how do you feel at that moment or in that, in those moments of, I imagine it's pretty awful, um, but what are you, what's going through your head of like, okay, I, we're about to get divorced. Mm-hmm. I'm t- two months away from having this kid. Mm-hmm. What are you, what, what are you thinking? Um, there's a lot of rage. Yeah. I'll tell you, there was a lot of rage and like rage to the point where I was not okay with the amount of rage. I was like, I should not be, this, this doesn't need to be happening. Mm. Um, because at one point I, I, I tracked them down to a hotel room together and confronted them. Not in any, like, I mean, I was there probably seemed weird, but it had to happen. Yeah. Type of thing. Of course. I mean, yeah. I understand that. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, especially after all of this, nothing's going on, right? you know, and then... Right. Oh, I broke out in shingles. Yeah, I, during my pregnancy as well. I broke out in shingles. I had a little bit of like... I, anyway, it, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like, we're having... Like, these are things that I've kind of like... I've like come to peace with yeah. now. So like kind of bringing them up a little bit bubbles up some of that stuff. And you're like, oh my God, how far have I come? Just essentially, the birth of my daughter saved my life. Saved my life. When's her, when, when was she She's born? She's born in September. September what? Uh, September 12th. 12th. Mm-hmm. Of what year? 2005. 2005. Okay. So September 12th, 2005 happens. Um, how was your delivery? Or how was your, like, yeah, was that like a harsh, like, I, just just briefly, I mean, don't tell me the details, of course. But oh, like, wait. Well, so I always say that I could, could have probably had her in the wild 
So as my as my my dad says, like I was built for having children. So just yeah. easy. It was it wasn't easy easy. I labored a lot at home. Yeah. Um. It was a little naive. Um. About like what to ask for and how to help get people to take care of me. And you know, had my sister who'd never had children in the room, and my soon to be ex husband in the room because we continued to go through all the birthing classes and try to work co- cooperatively. Yeah. And and at that point, before I had her in my head, I thought he's going to see her, something's going to snap in his head, and everything will turn out. Right. Like I think up until that point, I'm like, I think everything will turn out. Yeah. So you still like like wanting him back, wanting him to be in the picture just as if like, if not just for him or I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's for him or just for this picture that you have in your head. I think it's a picture I have in my head. The family, like I think I was mourning the picture of the family that I wanted Yeah, and was like, there's no way that I can get there. Yeah. So, um, and, and trying to be like, you know, all these things, if we can make it through this, yeah. then nothing can hurt us type of thing. Right. But like, there would be a lot of change that would have to happen on both our parts. But, you know, again, I I think I wreaked a lot of, I know I wreaked a lot of damage in my ways that I dealt with things back then. Mm. And I didn't know how to properly love somebody, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like emotionally love somebody yeah so i understand why he did what he did yeah yeah but anyway yeah so so you you have a kid i have my kid we are living together but we're living in separate bedrooms you and your Mm ex-husband okay yeah he moved back at the house got finished like a month before she was born and i allowed him to come back under the condition that he doesn't speak about this other person. I don't care where he goes when he's not with me, but like, I don't want to hear about her. I don't want to be forced to hang out with her. Like, because that's what had been going on for, you know, yeah. a year and a half. And in my head, I'm like, I know this is going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. So, um, and then two months, two months pass. So baby's two months old. Yeah. And it's like Halloween. We have a conversation. I said, you still feel the same way that you felt. When you said you asked for a divorce, you know, back in, and he said, "Yep, I, yeah, I still feel the same way." And I said, "Okay, so we're gonna put the house on the market." And it was height at the market, right? And I was like, "Then let's put the house on the market." I can't buy you out. You can't buy me out. Mm-hmm. Let's put the house on the market, pay mm-hmm. off all our mutual debt, mm-hmm. and and go. And at the time, I said, "And I will be out of here in two weeks." I found a place to live. Um, in Mira Mesa and just started to rebuild myself. Um, said, I'm moving out. This is where I'll be. He knew where the preschool was. You can come over and visit her. We worked out arrangements. We mm-hmm. continued to, to see our counselor during mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the house was on the market for like six months, like right at the height of the market, right before it started to crash. Yeah. So, and he decided he wanted to buy it. Hmm. So we financially detangled ourselves before anybody filed for divorce. Hmm. Paid off all mutual debt, worked everything out. And I was living in Mira Mesa and then he never filed for divorce. This is what he wanted and he never did it. So I waited till after my 29th birthday and then said, all right, I'm going to file. You're not going to file. I'm going to file. So I went and filed divorce paperwork. He had already moved the other person in. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I was kind of just started, started putting one foot in front of the other, but it was like, it was that 
I'm moving out and started moving in that direction, like probably went through my darkest time then and then was able to like start just taking one step at a time. Now I'll make this decision. So now nothing is pre-planned in my life. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea. All I can focus on is the moment. And that like, I feel like that was the snap that happened when like this child arrived and she's sitting in front of me and I'm like, this is the most important thing that I've ever done in my entire life. And it is right in front of me. All the other stuff is external. What do I have to do today to do what I need to do today to, to where I'm going? Yeah. Stop planning. Yeah. Stop building this other world in your mind and working towards it. Yeah. So. So you say that your daughter saved your life? Changed your life? Well, yeah. It was... It, um. It made it, it forced me to be aware. Yeah. It forced me to be aware um and to stop disassociating myself from the the bad things that were happening. Like as opposed to dealing with things. You know, you, you learn in your and you know, through therapy you find out like, you know, you learn how to cope as a young person. Yeah. Uh and I think the way that I cope is that like it's not happening to me, right? Yeah. If it's not happening to me, then it can't hurt me. But at some point, what's what's reality and what you what is going on merges. Yeah. And and that, I feel like that happened in that moment. Yeah. And I didn't want to not be aware of every little thing that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. You had met. You had described it to me before. Um. Described having a child mm-hmm. as you were like living in a fog, and then all of a sudden the fog just cleared. Yeah, right away. So, um, what were the first few years? Let's say like like her first five years, like for you, um, your first child, um, your divorce, but uh, the co-parent, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. So, what are you learning about yourself about life? And good and bad, like what's what's happening to you emotionally, mentally, like what kind of effect does having this this child have on you? Um, Other than what you already stated. Well, so I think you know what I what I had said about this, like want to have a family so badly. Like here's this like little person mm-hmm. that like you, you you if you ever love something so much that like you feel like your heart could explode type of like type of love i've never felt that no. yeah <laughs> it's it's um and even even as much as because i've i've shared with you you know sometimes when i'm not her favorite person and she makes it clear that you know she's being very teenagery to me mm-hmm. like it hurts just as much yeah um but then to not take it personally and then not want to lash out type of lo- love does that make sense yeah like it, it was it, yeah it was kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so just in every little thing that like observing this little human do for the first time and watch your little personality develop. Yeah. Um, and she was, she's, um, she's, I think, want to call her an introvert. I don't want to label her because she might not see herself as that, but like always these big wide eyes observing everything. Um, but you could tell when she was like excited because it would just 
emanate out of her feet and hands. She would start like tap dancing yeah. a little bit when she gets huh. super excited about stuff. Yeah. Um, and then just the co-parenting thing, every decision made, every time I dealt with her dad who we had, you know, had this dysfunctional way of dealing with one another, if I put it through the lens of what is the best thing for her, made it where it was like, oh, okay, no, this is how this is how you're supposed to love people and this is how you treat people that you love. Yeah. Because that's not necessarily the lesson I think I learned as a young child. As a young child I learned you can speak to the people you love in any way, shape, or form, say the most hurtful things possible, and then they still have to love you afterwards. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't work. Yeah. Um you mentioned her name, Stella. Yes. Yes. How, how did you come with, where was that name from? Or why, why'd you pick that name? Um, well, it was going to be Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for whatever reason, when she was like in utero, five or six months old, we'd come across the name. And then, um, and again, this is at the same time that we we were separated, but we were still, you know, picking out names. And we just started calling her Stella. So it was like down to... Stella, Charlotte Rose and Stella Ray, and Stella Ray seemed to be the right fit, and we started calling her that. Nice. At five months, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, when you, where do I want to go? All right, let's go back to your. Let's go back to your younger years. Okay. Okay. Um, you're in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Your dad's in the Navy? Yeah. And your mom is, what's, uh, <laughs> what's she doing? So my mom, when I was little, um, went to Trident Technical College and became an auto mechanic. And she started a career in the automotive industry. Nice. I would say like in the early 80s. Yeah. When my sister and I were still very young. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so you're born first. Mm-hmm. Your mom's 17. Yep. Dad's 20. Yep. Um. And then how old are you when your sister is, is born? 18 months. Oh, wow. So, yeah. bing, bam, boom. Right. Yeah, nice. Okay, so you pretty much grew up with your sister right from the beginning. Yes. Almost, yeah. Cool. So, what... It's such a big question, like asking, you know, what was your family dynamic like? You know, what was your childhood like, et cetera? Because there's just so many moments and there's... But um, if you had to weave a narrative or weave a... Th- uh, just kind of a thread, kind yeah. of through your childhood. What's going on with with your with your mom, your dad, and your sister, and you? I think my mom was so young she didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. I, irony, right? <laughs> so yeah. young she didn't know who she was. But they ran away together to have me. Um, and uh, so I think that there were these these grand gestures of like this like very like almost storybook like we're running away together and we're very intensely in love with one another Mm -hmm. and i don't think that they had the tools to be in a loving relationship yeah and eventually those intense feelings on one side can become intense anger can become um intense manipulation um there's a lot of my dad would deploy for six months at a time and then he would come home so most of the time and um you know from a young person i knew my dad is angry 
Mm-hmm. Not always. There were there were some things that where where he had some close moments. Mm-hmm. But my parents did not get along. There was a lot of fighting in the house. Um, and ultimately, uh, they separated when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. And then I think my mom was done, but my dad was still under the impression that he could like make it work. But then, it, you know, my mom kept rejecting him. And I think rejection was like the biggest issue with the two of them. And, um, so physical, physical stuff, yell, a lot of yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember being scared a lot. Yeah. Um, and unsure, um, a lot with like peppered moments of like a lot of fun and joy. We would go and stay summers at my grandparents' house, which I think was like, you know, a degree of normalcy. Yeah. Um, for a while, but they split up when my parents were, yeah, when I was 10, my, my parents split up and then my mom immediately met somebody. And then like yeah who are you were you were you staying with one parent or were you kind of going back and forth between the two so my dad when during the separation my dad lived in the house and my mom had moved out into a trailer park less than a half mile from our family home so my sister and i could still walk to school together um but we could either go to mom's house or we could go to dad's house yeah and um I just remember this one night, my mom had come over. My dad had us that evening. My mom had come over. My dad was like, come on in. We're watching a movie. You know, things are good. My dad gives her a beer. We're sitting in the in in the house watching a movie. And then my and then my mom's like, okay, girls, it's time to go. And my dad's like, you're not going anywhere with the kids. You've been drinking. You have this car that's not safe. Like all of these reasons why my mom couldn't go. And it it ended up being this, uh, a fight that was unnecessary <laughs> to happen. And a lot of fear was placed in both my sister and I. But we basically went on the run and went from house to house for a couple days because the altercation got so bad. Um, between your mom and your dad. Yeah. Like my mom, my dad locked her out and she busted in the door and then we were running out the backyard and through the side yard. My dad's trying to pull like stuff out of the car so that she can't drive it away. She gets in the car and gets out before he's able to do that. The hood's up. He's, yeah. yeah. It was like, a, it, you know, like I think, you know, when I look at my tra- traumatic stuff with my therapist, like that's the stuff that you're like, this shouldn't happen yeah (laughs) shouldn't be happening so there's drama where there didn't have to be and then ultimately my mom felt that she had to hide out yeah from my dad he'd become so big of a monster that she had to hide out i don't know that necessarily that it was all one-sided does that make sense yeah of course so okay so then what happens after that like does it get better with them or like you know uh amicable ever no. Um, no, it doesn't. Cordial distaste. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. yeah like, are kinda... they still like in proximity? Like half mile. So down? my dad moves to downtown Charleston, which is like half a mi- half an hour away. Yeah. And then he moves a little bit further away, which is about an hour. But essentially, like the trying to get back together and forge a relationship between the two of them is no longer. And then a lot of all the things that my dad, and again, this is my, how I view it, not yeah. necessarily how he views it or 
But I felt like a lot of the anger that my dad had towards my mom of all the things that weren't right about her got transferred to me as the older oldest child. So then on the weekends when I would go and visit him or her him okay so you're it was an hour-long drive yeah and the hour-long drive out to my dad's place it, it was either on the way out or on the way back i can't quite remember we would just get verbally laid into about all the things we should be doing and what we're doing wrong and just how we're not what he that we're not the right reflection mm-hmm. of who he thinks his children should be yeah so yeah yeah. Was there, I mean, was it just random shit or like was there kind of a pattern of the things that he was looking for that he wanted or that he would yell, yell at you about? Um, or was it just like unimportant detail? It could have been anything. It could have been anything. Um, yeah. yeah. Mostly around being clean, having table manners, uh, what kind of education will we get? If he perceived us to be flippant in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, now how are you as like a, like what kind of like teen, teenager or like what kind of person are you when you're like a a kid, you know, having your parents gone through a a divorce, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of volatility um you're a big sister Mm -hmm. um like how are you in school how are you like with your friends like what kind of kid are you and what kind of kid are you like you know when you're just in your bedroom like are you well you just tell me how you were so i guess i was there was always a sense of like we were always outdoors and kind of allowed to run wild and free. Mm-hmm. So for from that perspective, like that I could essentially probably get away with murder, I didn't do it. So I kind of had my own like invisible boundary of like what lines I would cross. So I started smoking cigarettes when I was 11. Um, I mentioned earlier about the whole alcohol thing. I started sneaking alcohol out of my mom's cabinets when I was like 11 or 12, but not to the point where I was getting like super drunk. It was more like the, like I'm being naughty. Right. And I was swiping my mom's cigarettes. I was hanging out with some girls that would shoplift cigarettes. Um, and yeah. So that, so so that's a thing. So, um, not like. You know, I've never heard that before, but um, or that it's that crazy of a thing. But that is a a thing of note to be eleven or twelve and drinking alcohol and like you know smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, and of course I, I'm no psychologist. Right. Yeah, but you know it's that's after your parents div- like is it is it as simple as just like acting out because uh, of what's gone on or like how do you see that now of like you know why did I start doing that around that time. I was, I know I was rebellious in my mom's home for like all of middle school. Um, I had mentioned that she immediately jumped into another relationship with somebody who was not a good, like just another, like another poor choice yeah. um, to bring into a house. Um, and so we were left to our own devices a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I mean, there were other kids that weren't didn't have their parents divorcing, doing the same thing. So we were all kind of running around and and being naughty. Like, I think for me, it was like, my mom smokes. Yeah. What does it matter that I'm smoking? And then when I would go to my dad's, I remember this around 12 and 13, I was just recalling this the other day, is that he would... He, I would mix his drinks for him. Mm. I'd mix him a white Russian or I'd mix him a pina colada and then whatever was left over in it, I was allowed to drink or, you know. So it was like a little bit of like, I guess I, I felt I was more grown yeah. than I was. Mm. So I don't know that I was necessarily trying to be rebellious. Might have been just proving that like, all right, well, I'm grown enough to do this now. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and then you also said that you mentioned, you know, just being the bigger sister that you kind of had, and tell me if I'm wrong, like responsibility kind of thrust upon you. Yeah. Is that fair to say that like you yeah. kind of, I mean. I felt responsible. I felt, I was told that I'm responsible as the oldest. I'm I'm responsible. For? For yeah. her. But it wasn't only then. It was like if I was around my younger cousins and yeah. we were all left alone. I'm the one that's responsible. Because you're not just the oldest in your nuclear family, but like you're the oldest grandchild. So yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're um, the 11, 12-year-old uh, Southern gal smoking and drinking. Um, yeah. Uh, so then, okay, like what at high school, like what's high school like for you? Um, what stands out is like either good or bad. Um so I say my grandmother, my grandmother, um, my mom's mom grew up in Annapolis, which is where the Naval Academy is. Yep. And I mentioned we would go away over the summers to um, visit them. Yeah. And so my grandmother took us to Annapolis and something clicked in my mind that this is a path that I might want to go on. So I was like 13 or 14 years old. Yeah. And then I, she put me in these babysitting classes, and I met a couple girls in the babysitting class, and I started telling them about the things that I was into. And, like, first we were like, oh, yeah, everybody's cool and whatever. And then, then I told them how life was at home for me and the things that I was doing. And these two girls, like, I can't even remember their names, but um, their parents, they were the kids of their dads were cops. Mm-hmm. And they called me on the phone and essentially, like, interventioned me. Mm. And I was so, like, embarrassed and, like, you know, was so upset that somebody didn't want to hang out with me because of what was going on, but I, like, really listened to what they said. Yeah. And it was, like, it was like a combination of a couple things that happened that summer. And, I like, I, I, I wish I knew their names. I wish I could go back and be, like, hey, that really meant something. Like, yeah. somebody saying, like we thought you were really cool and we would have liked to hang out with you, but you shouldn't be doing these things to yourself and you're too young to be doing this. And like hearing that from a peer yeah, kind of like made something click. And also the fear of like them calling my grandparents and telling my grandparents what I was doing. Like, I don't think I would have cared if my mom or dad found out so mm, much, Yeah, but my grandparents, it seemed to be more, more stakes. Yeah. And so something between like my eighth and ninth grade year of um, school I was like, no, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a good kid. I didn't, I didn't quit smoking so much. I kept smoking, um, but like, I don't think. I mean, even though I was like sneaking alcohol, I was never drunk. Never it, got drunk. Yeah, was never giving it to like other people. And I don't think I actually got anywhere near to drunk until I was 17. And it was at my mom's house, and she 
didn't buy us alcohol, but said nobody drives if you're all going to be drinking at the house or like New Year's or whatever. Yeah. And I we became like this, like it went, it, I swung like opposite pendulum, like, like all the way to the other side. Like I had this New Year's party at my house and this couple ended up having like sex in our bathroom and whatever else. And I was just so appalled and so upset and like really angry about it. So yeah. like I went from being like, know whatever to being like no there are lines you do not cross yeah and these are the lines and this is how you stay safe and this is how you you know i don't know it kind of changed yeah so i wasn't like prudish and then i kind of hung with the rotc kids and never did drugs never touched i mean like never dabbled and never smoked pot yeah nothing yeah so uh, wow so was it i mean it's that's a pretty harsh i mean that's a pretty uh, hard swing the other way and it seems to be from this um i mean was it like do you credit for that little intervention that 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 mini intervention that happened? Well, that happened, and then my mom divorced the her second husband yeah. around my freshman year of high school, and then my dad remarried. Yeah, um, he's not married to this woman anymore, but he remarried somebody who was really loving and still a good friend mm-hmm. of my. I consider her a good friend. Yeah, and so it created a little bit more stability when I would go to his his house mm-hmm. with her being there and they were ma- they were together from the time I was 12 until I was 17 mm. and I feel like a couple things lined up right it yeah. was it was that it was this bad dude getting out of our house it was oh it, ironically I know this probably sounds so when was the I, I have to go back and look at years but whenever the Clinton scandal was like I never inhaled right like yeah. it was all around that time it was like all blowing up yeah of like and I feel like you know, it wasn't Nancy Reagan's Just Say No. It was, if I ever wanted to be something like the President of the United States one day, can't smoke pot. Yeah. Like, that kind of... <laughs> right. So I was like, that was a line I'll never cross. Sure. Right? And then, um, yeah, and then I also didn't really, yeah, I, I like, I wasn't, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't really have, like, any sort of like a lot of physical relationships, like boyfriend, girlfriend stuff throughout mm-hmm. high school because I was deathly afraid of getting pregnant and ruining mm-hmm. my life. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So it was like that was another common thread. Yeah. So. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. So so then your your grandmother living in Annapolis mm-hmm. turns you on to the... To the to well, the, Baltimore, but she took us to Annapolis, yeah. Na- oh, yeah, Annapolis, yeah she was right. from there, yeah. 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 Um, turns you on to the Navy. Uh, so... You decide um, to join the Navy. Like, yeah, I at like thirteen or fourteen, I was like, I knew I was going in the Navy. Yeah, and if I couldn't get to Annapolis, I would figure out a way to get in the Navy, and then if I couldn't go to college, I would enlist. Yeah. So real quick, in high school, like, were you um, were there? Uh, were you doing creative things? Like, were you? Singing, doing drama, plays, drawing, anything like that? Not in school. Yeah. Um, But this was like the age of the camcorder. Yeah. So when we were, and when I was younger, um, my grandparents, my, my, my mom and her best friend, which is my dad's sister, were in the theater. And so, like, when I would go to my grandmother's house... Oh, yeah, I guess I took acting. I took some acting classes mm-hmm. um, when I'd visit my grandmother yeah. in New York. Yeah. She would put us into these, like, summer, like, acting programs. Oh, nice. But nothing that 
came back down to uh, South Carolina. Like I was ROT, you know, as ROTC, I'm going in the Navy. But when we were in our off time, we were always singing. Our house was full of like musicals. We'd watch movies over and over again. So yeah. like, and I think you and I have talked about movies some sometimes, right? Like, yeah. no, but not maybe not so much. I know you're into movies, but um, watch a lot of movies. Yeah, sing along to a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, I I recently divulged. I performed a, a a song for my aunt at her um, wedding. I was like fourteen or fifteen years old mm-hmm. and created a whole dance routine with my younger cousin and my sister, and we you know sang at at her reception. Um, so th- it w- it was always like there, and the family was like my grandfather acted in community theater. His mother was an actress. Um, and then we had, you know, some creative, uh, his sister was on Broadway. So like, it was all like, the- my mom wanted to be a movie star. Yeah. Yeah. Not- so oh. we watched a lot of movies. We sang a lot at home. And then with the advent of the VCR, there's just ridiculous amounts of, um, videotapes of yes. Nice. Yeah. So if I can find the version of the Beatles yeah. under the sea. Yes. I will, I have to get it converted to DVD. Yes. And then I will show the impact. Please. Yes. Please do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um so do you join like 18 boom right out of high school to join the Navy? No, I uh I got a like tiny scholarship and I had enough money from a benevolent great aunt who had yeah. given us money my mom advanced in for us uh to go to school for one year. And so I joined what was called the ROTC college program. Yeah. So I participated, but I wasn't on scholarship. Yeah. So I did everything else that everybody did and, you know, try to keep my grades up. And then over the summer, they put me in for the three-year scholarship mm. and got the three-year scholarship. So at that point, it was like, now you are, now you are going to be in the Navy. Yeah. And was, you're, yeah. Which, which school are you going to? University of South Carolina. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So you're... Uh, at uh, USC, mm-hmm. um, but you're like on this track, like you're if, like if, like after one year, you're kind of in the Navy or like you're on this track to be in the Navy. Yeah. I mean, I was already, yeah, I was like with everybody who is already like, once you sign the commitment for the, the scholarship, you're on track to commission. So long as you meet all your requirements, you get to commission. Which they, means? They, they, uh, which means that you become an officer yeah. in, in, in the Navy. So you essentially you're offered a job and you sign a contract and you, you go. We paid for your school, you go. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but um, I'm not sure how it works. Like yeah. when you're in school, like at South Carolina, mm-hmm. are you doing like, it's not like you're a, doing official like or are you are, are you an rotc and like doing like what kind of military quote-unquote stuff are you doing okay. while you're a student so you have to take uh, the naval science courses okay so essentially i have an undergraduate in international relations with a minor in naval science so you have to take a semester like in year one it's like naval history yeah and um, I can't remember the other, like intro to naval science which is like this is the navy this is the rank structure this is the this, this is that so you do all that in year one, and then as you progress, the training gets a little bit more rigorous, and then you're expected to drill once a week. And I had done Army JROTC throughout high school, so mm-hmm. I was kind of familiar with the like rank and structure and you know, meeting once a week to PT, meeting once a week to go through like a drill period. Everybody sees each other. You password. You, you do events. You do community service. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're dabbling in mm-hmm. with this. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, that's right. Because then you graduate school and then you... Um, and you go to your real training. Yeah, your yeah. real training. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So um, how was, how was uh, your college life like? How was that? How was your college experience? It was fun. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I, I enjoyed... Um, Are you still like smoking and... Or? Yeah, I smoked all the way through... I smoked cigarettes all the way through college. I quit after I commissioned. So college is a good time for the most part. Oh, yeah. No, college yeah, yeah. was a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So then you graduate. We know the rest uh, from what you said. Um, you know, you meet your husband or your ex-husband. Yeah. You have Stella. Get divorced. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Okay. So then now let's go um, to your 30s. So mm-hmm. um, you have Stella. Mm-hmm. You're, you said you were... Uh, Pursuing a master's degree. Mm-hmm. Did you finish that? I did. Okay, cool. Yeah, I had to stop um, for a year um, because everything, like it was at that point where I was like, I'm having a child and I'm in the middle of a divorce and this is going on. So I said, yeah. I need to stop. I stopped for a year and then I went back into the program a year later and finished up. I only had like one more term. What was your master's in? It's uh, global leadership. It no longer exists at the University of San Diego. We Ooh. just got noticed this year that they stopped the program. Uh-huh. It had been around for like, 20 years yeah yeah okay but yeah um okay so then what's going on in your 30s uh stella's a a little older she's a mm-hmm. uh wow various ages um yeah. what's going on in your life what are you doing work-wise what are you doing social-wise where are you living yes yeah, so i got out of the navy yeah right so i i stopped work i stopped on active duty as i put that was a big big career decision for me yeah. was to no longer be in the Navy because okay. I was due to go back to sea duty and yeah. I couldn't in my mind reconcile leaving a two year old and, and going. Of course. So I decided to get out. I was unemployed for two months. Um, and during that time I was getting healthy. I, um, for the first time in my life, I like hired a trainer. So I wanted to get physically healthy. Um, I had, I'd stopped therapy, but I'd gone, I went back to therapy in my 30s again to yeah. kind of help with some of the – I've always been a really good survivor, mm-hmm. um, and I know how to survive situations. I guess I want to move towards a thri- to a thriver, yeah. if that makes any sense. Oh, so, yeah. um, you know, learning the tools to, like, get through, okay, now you're not you, – you now are not putting yourself into these situations where life is happening to you. You're not ignoring what's going on around you. How do you deal with having a loving and caring relationship? So um, dated some people mm-hmm. um, in the interim, um, bought my house in 09, um, got picked up uh, as a contractor for the Navy, and so now I work as a Navy – a government civilian like over time transition that worked really hard worked for the fire department with the navy um worked with uh you know communications and stuff like that it, it it's good it, it was good work solid work and i actually worked really hard and i feel like you know i have a, a good career that i've accomplished yeah um during everything and yeah. i think that's one of the things of um what was that first step? That first step of saying, like, I'm moving out. I was like, oh, I've started taking these steps in the direction. 
And like, once you take that first step, then it's easy to take the second step. And then the third step, what do I need to do now? Okay. I need to get a job. Got it. Then what's the next thing I need to do? I need to secure housing. I need to do this. I need to do that. Yeah. 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 And having the kid put mm-hmm. you on that path. Uh, are you, when do you like officially stop drinking? Uh, 30. 30. Yeah. Okay. It's 30. And I had been dating somebody at the time who uh, was taking medication that he should not have been drinking. So it was more of like a um, trying not to be an enabler. Yeah. So stopped drinking. I also got out of the Navy and took a 30% pay cut. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, Stella was two years old. And, um, you know, pregnancy wreaks havoc on the body and mm-hmm. all of the, you know, all of the not working out and the, you know, all of that stuff kind of caught up. And I was like, I need to get healthy. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I'm going to cut calories and cut money. And I'm also going to stop doing this unhealthy stuff and being, you know, uh, I, I briefly dabbled in Codependence Anonymous at the recommendation of my my therapist because mm-hmm. that happens in a lot of families where there's alcohol stuff going on. So, yeah. 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 Okay. So, I mean, it's... The decision was sort of like based on the guy you were dating's medication and you wanted to be healthy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that seems like such a trivial thing to have to, to have because you're still sober. Like you still, ha- you still haven't. So like, it, was it something as trivial as that that made it stick? Or was there, was there something else that like really, or like, I mean, since you, you're Parents drank, you were drinking mm-hmm. at such a young age yeah. that has alcoholic written all over it. Right? Yeah, Is, yeah. Yeah, so like, was there like something big like that of like, oh no, I, I need to keep not drinking? Or was it just like, was it easy for you to be like, okay, I want to get healthy and I want to not drink in front of this guy. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just easy to stop or to, to, to keep stopping. It took a relief like off my shoulders. It was like, you're like, if you if you do like a sum total of like every time I was drinking, did anything good come of it? Yeah. Did anything good come of it? And I and the answer always came up resounding no. Yeah. And so like same when I quit smoking. I was like, I can't do the things that I want to do, hike, whatever. Like I think you come to a decision and you're like, oh, I think that this is the smart thing to do. And and like you said, um, seeing um, relationships deteriorate in my family as a result of drinking involved, you know, like I just don't need to be on that path. It's not something that I need in my life um, to 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 do. And then once I was through year one, I was like year two no do i need to I, do i need to revisit it nope is there do i feel any peer pressure no nope. so i was never like where like ever went through any withdrawal symptoms or any anything like that like related to alcohol it was more just you know the the universe telling me yeah like all of these things align and you're like ah this makes a yeah. big neon sign constellation of like this is probably a good decision. Yeah. Do do you think or do you are you do you have like capital A alcoholism, do you think? Or is it or or was it just something that was just around you and you kind of fell into and struggled with? I think um people will use uh alcohol as a coping mechanism. Yeah. 
Um, and I told you that I like have like dissociative type of ways to deal with things. Like if it's not happening to me in my mind, then it's not happening to me and then therefore I'm safe. Yeah. Um, so if using alcohol to cope, I feel is one of the, one of the indicators of alcoholism, but never to the point where it's physically dependent upon it. Yeah. Um, it was more of like a, a social thing. Like I wouldn't normally have beer in the house drinking it during the week. Yeah. I, you know, it was, I would go out and I would always drink to excess because I didn't know when to stop Yeah, because I was using it to kind of cope with the situation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. Um, okay. So maybe little a? A little, 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 yeah. little, yeah, little, little A, little A, little A. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Oh, I know, I, no, it's not a game. No, 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 yeah, yeah no. I, I, the, the, yeah, the, the, if you were to read the pamphlet, um, you would qualify. Which, yeah, just so some people, it's physical withdrawal. Some people don't, mm-hmm. and I think they still have the same thing. But, yeah, um, it's difficult to stop. Um, so good for you for doing it. Now, food on the other hand. Uh-oh, no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, okay, cool. So, are you aware or? I guess a question I have is somebody who's been through therapy, mm-hmm. um, counseling, marriage counseling, all that stuff. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've discovered about yourself and realized about yourself? And, and you've talked about a lot of the things already, mm-hmm. but um, what are the few of the big things that were sort of revelations? You know, not... I mean, therapy isn't always just like a giant revelation one day. You know, it's kind right. of process and working through stuff. But what are some of the things that you've picked up from therapy about yourself and um, problems that you've had, areas that you've identified and things that you've worked on? Okay. So I think, I guess I alluded to like, um, hi, honey. Oh. <laughs> she wants to know too. Yeah, she wants to know too. Um uh, practicing how to properly love and treat people in your life that you care about. Deconstruct that one. Because that one, yeah, that one um, piqued my interest and piqued Lucy's interest as well. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, because like, I I don't know if I know that, you know, I, or I, I just... I don't even know, like, I mean, and it's still a work in progress. I mean, yeah. like, there'll be days where I was like, that could have been delivered in a, in a different way. Like, did I say that to hurt somebody or did I say that because they needed to hear it? Or did I say it in the most gentle way that it needed to be received? So is like, this so inter- really thinking about how somebody else is receiving the message that you're giving them. So does this revolve then around like just essentially communication, communication styles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what are, and what is, what is, what are like some things that you've learned to better that? Um, So knowing that if I am hungry or angry or, you know, like doing and doing and doing, um, causing myself stress, Mm -hmm. that I have less capacity to be kind when I need to be kind. And and, and I'm trying to work on my brevity at a certain point. I'm like, that's just the way that I am. And it's never intended. So like, and, and also looking at that too, of like knowing that when I communicate things that I'm not intentionally trying to hurt people now, like now it's just, okay, this is the way that I am, but it's not intentional. Yeah. There used to be times when I was like, you've hurt me. And now 
this is how I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Right. And my words were weapons. Yeah. Yeah. No more. No more. I don't like to do it. And when I do it, I think I might have actually told that to you guys a couple couple months ago where I, you know, and, it, and it's hard because like when you're speaking up for yourself, like you shouldn't be able to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. But then also not worry about, you know, like at a certain point you have to stop worrying about the other person's feelings, especially if they're trespassing upon your boundaries, right? Yeah. So that's a that, that's a struggle that I, I'm constantly, I was just talking about it in therapy on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one um, because I um, I think most people like they, they or not, I think it's a lot of people do struggle with kind of that line between I don't want to be rude and like, but like I'm hurt. So like, you know, I, I, I get hurt by somebody's actions or somebody's words. And then there's so many things to break down. It's like one, did they, were they trying to hurt you? Probably, right. probably not. Right. You know, they have their, they have their own thing and most people right. aren't evil. Okay. So then, but so what do I do now? Like, do I tell them what they did yeah. was hurtful um, or do I keep it in, you know, I, I don't know how it is if it's a, a thing with men and women, but like, I know for me, I don't know if this is a being a man or just being me and how I grew up, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't want to let people know that they've hurt me. Cause that's a sign, a sign of weakness, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm weak if I do that or it's shameful. Yeah. So I have to just, I have to just eat it, you know, oh, because yeah. If I let you know that you've hurt me, somehow you've won, and it. it so that there, there's that thing of so like no, I, so that's a bad thing. So how do I then approach this? Like, right. do I cuss at them and tell them to fuck off? You know, like don't be, you know, don't be rude to me. That you know, no, that's that's not positive. So right. like, what's the way? And like, um, I, yeah. So that's a thing of struggling of like, yeah, speaking up for yourself, but also like having to sort it out first because, you know. You can't just react when you get hurt, but you can't also just keep silent. You know, there right. should be some kind of communication. I think right. navigating that is difficult. Yes, yeah, it, it it is, and I don't think I have it down to any sort sort of science. But I think that um, working in therapy uh, to try to like, I, I a couple of years ago, I put myself back in to just figure out how to forgive. Yeah for everything that's happened yeah to like not hold on to a lot of anger yeah about things that happened in the past Mm -hmm. and then the irony of all that was through the practice of trying to figure out how to forgive somebody else it gave me like the permission to try to forgive myself for like all the things that i wasn't perfect at and i'm by no means saying that i've got anything figured out in any way shape or form but it was a big you know, like aha moment. I was like, you know, kind of projecting this way that I felt about myself on these experiences of why I thought I was the way that I was and just super angry with people in my life, but not feeling like I could say anything to them because so much time had passed and it didn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, so getting to that forgiveness quicker, right? So as opposed to being like, oh, that hurt. Therefore, I'm either A, I'm going to separate myself from you and I'm never going to be around you again. Well, everybody could hurt you, right? Everybody. So let's go under that assumption, right? That most people aren't intending to hurt you. And that's mm. like, so then there's your acceptance, right? So like the acceptance 
of people for who they are mm-hmm. and the way that they are mm-hmm. and trying to accept that the, the way they are is doesn't really have anything to do at all with you. And then being able to forgive them for, for whatever, you know, whatever thing you think they, that, that might've hurt you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that was even articulated in any like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. And that, um, yeah, so is so is that um something that you've kind of learned to do sort of forgive people try to accept first. Accept. Accept, right? Yeah. Like that this is the reality. Yeah. Right? As opposed to pretending that it's something else. Yeah. Pretend wishing that it's something else. Yeah. Or hoping that somebody else would be a different way. Yeah. And then um for the big things in my life where especially where I have huge, huge hurt and regret or any or or shame or any of that stuff either a try to figure out what that was acknowledge that it happened acknowledged acknowledge that well that shouldn't have happened to you and that's not it wasn't fair and it made you sad and and being able to say oh yep i was definitely sad or i was definitely angry and try to accept what those feelings are so that like over time that those painful feelings don't like just all sit underneath the surface. Yeah. Waiting for somebody to say the one wrong thing and then them have that, get that whole, you know, yeah. snowball. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a visual person. As you see, I'm sitting here like talking yeah. with my hands and yeah. whatever, but yeah. So accept first and then forgive. Try the, the forgiveness stuff. And like the first time practicing that, or the moving on or letting go, right? Mm-hmm. Forgive or letting go, right? It yeah. could be both, right? You don't necessarily have to be like, you are you are absolved of all sin, whatever. Like yeah. not necessarily that type of forgiveness, but just like what happened happened and it has no power over me now. Yeah, It happened, but it has no power over the way that I live my life moving forward. And that the first uh, practice in that was, you know, dealing, ha- like learning how to co-parent with my ex-husband yeah. and, and having our child together yeah, and then forgiving his now current wife. Like I didn't have to tell her I forgive her, but in my own mind, like I've moved on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So have you, I mean, did that successfully happen for you in, uh, with, with certain things and like, was there healing from that or, there was, I, I mean, there was, and then there was like these epiphanies afterward. Like, how was I able to forgive that and forgive this? And I think it's a chronological thing, right? Like, so I, so at you, like, you're like, when did I start accepting this? That would be time zero, right? And yeah. that would be age 28, right? Yeah. At age 28, from here forward, everything in my life that's happened up till this point, I want it to be healthy. Yeah. How do I go about and do that? And so with everything with my ex-husband and all that other drama, it only got, you know, it only predated that date by, by six years. And it was close proximity and I had to deal with it all the time. But everything that happened in my childhood happened so long ago. And I have very little, like, you know, I see my parents like once or twice a year. We talk on the phone occasionally. There's no real like resolution to go back with that so as i was parenting my daughter and you know things would crop up and i'm like oh i remember being this age and how this felt and what was going on and this this was my situation but this is the situation that i've given my daughter you know and and it's so much more healthy and i hope 
God, I could be fucking her up. <laughs> it's a constant, yeah. you know, it's a constant worry yeah. that I'm not doing something right. Right. Or that I'm not, you know, being being what she needs at that moment, yeah. you know. Yeah. Type of thing. So but it, it, and I think I've told you that before too, is that like having this young person and, and loving her the way that I wanted to be loved as a child, you know, kind of was some healing. It yeah. was it was some definite healing. But then as I started to hit those like kind of like those landmark ages, it would crop up again. I'm like, oh, I need to go back to therapy. I don't know what's going on right now. Wow. I'm really angry right now. Why am I so angry? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's like delving back into like, no, why wasn't I taken a care taken care of like this? Yeah. Yeah. Why wasn't somebody looking out for me? Yeah. Right. Um Yeah. I I can imagine. Um Okay. But you're but that stuff as it crops up, you therapy, you do some work and it's like, things are we getting taken care of. I read some books. Yeah. Read some books and or books on tape. Yeah. Put myself into some other activities with my life, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, um, I like Pilates a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I did think for a hot minute I would go and be like a Pilates instructor, and then I was like, I'm never gonna make the money that I'm making. Yeah. <laughs> I can't live in San Diego, and I can't uh, cut my my salary yeah. in more than half. So that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and then I started doing improv. Nice. Yeah. Three, three, a little over three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So was improv then, well, tell me, like, how did you happen upon it? How did you discover it? How did you choose to go down that route? So it always, I like, I went to National Comedy Theater in 2000. Okay. Wow. That's a long yeah. Time. yeah. But like right after it opened. Like went down. As mm-hmm. a patron? As a patron. Yeah. Maybe it was 2001. It might have been 2001 because it was after I bought my house in Poway. Okay. With my ex-husband. And we went down. It was somebody's birthday. She was living in like the Washington Street area. I was like, let's go to this theater. And we went. And it was just so much fun. And so anytime anybody came into town, I was like, oh, go, come see this. This is hilarious. Like this is so, you know, this is a lot of fun. And I had been on their email list for like years and, you know, going through all of my drama and all the, I didn't have any space in my life for things that I loved Mm -hmm. for all of these years. And um, I finally, through therapy and, you know, building my life and learning how to say no to things and ironically, right, learning how to say no to things in order to say yes. But anyway, um, you know. I finally got this email and and I was like, I should just take this class. And then I hemmed and hawed about it for a couple months. I was like, ah, I got the time. And I have a supportive partner now. Simon, if you're listening. No, Mm -hmm. I have a supportive partner in my life. And um, he's like, yeah, you should do it. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I went and I started taking these classes and did that for about a year. At NCT? mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then... After, like, the fourth class, there's not much more to do there. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know what to do after that. I mean, I had other stuff going on, work, child, like, you know, other things to fill my time. Yeah. Um, But a couple of us stayed in touch after class. And it was ironic. Um, The guy was like, yeah, this guy does improv dojo and they do a free show and you can you can we can go and we can present a long form even though we'd only taken one long form class 
and I went down with a couple of the people that I took class with and we it was a very interesting set (laughs) um and and afterwards I was like oh that was real awkward and weird and I don't think that it was very good but I I think I still want to do this Mm -hmm. so then um did you ever meet Maya Maya Reddy she was a musical with us I think okay yes did you meet Maya yeah that Maya Maya Satya yes yeah or no sorry I can't remember. I can't remember her entire name. I was like, what you see online and what her real name is. But yeah. anyway, yeah. So she was in our musical class. But yep. she and I had actually done the three level, the four levels at NCT together. Mm. And then we both signed up for level two. We, you know, we emailed Kat and we were like, hey, you know, we've done these first four levels. Can we join in at level two? And she and I joined in at level two. And then she moved up north. And anyway, but I kept going with it. Yeah. And there you go. And there you go. Okay, so it was you had seen NCT. Yes, got like a email. I got an email list. Or yeah, something? yeah. Like if you're a patron, they have like like hey, sign up here if you want to, you know, and then find out about shows or whatever. And then they sent out workshop information. And then for like what it was like over a decade later, you still have on the. Well, I mean, I had gone back through the years. I don't think they had been. I think I'd gotten on the email list probably like late two thousands. Yeah. And then, yeah, didn't sign up for like, I definitely signed up sometime after having Stella on their email list and then sometime between that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you took their, um, their, their classes. Um, and then I will, I mean, imagine you liked it, but like, how did you, I imagine this is the first exposure to improv that you have had or had you, had you have. Are you doing it? Yeah, 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 doing it. Yeah, Yeah, other than like, you know, yeah, I had like one college course in theater. Yeah. And then, yeah, a couple courses over the summer in acting. And there might have been some, I remember it being a lot of mime work, right? But other than that, yeah. Cool. So, I mean, how do you take to it? Do you immediately like it? Do you feel in and out at first? So I, I love a challenge. Yeah. Right. So anything that's kind of like challenging my brain to think differently yeah. or act differently. Um, and what I found was it was helping me like not fall into my hardwired like behavioral reactions, if that makes any sense. Like it was an opportunity to practice in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Nice. How I feel like I had been programmed to survive. Like, I think every, right, you program yourself on, like, if I act this way, then this is how this will play out in life and everything will be fine. Yeah. And I was exhausted. Yeah. With that. Yeah. 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 Nice. So you join level two Mm -hmm. and then you do the whole FCI program. Yeah. Um, And then it's just you're continuing to enjoy it, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No. It's it it it, it's good. It's like it's like it adds extra flavor um, to my life. It's an opportunity to play and not be so darn serious all the time. Yeah. Like and then like the seriousness that I was having at work, which doesn't necessarily serve you long term when you're in teams and stuff like that um because with the navy you like you do a job for two years and then you move on to the next job and then you move on to the next job and then you move on to the next job or coping mechanisms that i put in place to feel like i was surviving in the workplace yeah um but it, it, they weren't necessarily serving me well again finding myself in situations where i was like nope just you know yeah. put on your big girl pants suck it up 
keep dealing with this, keep going down the path, <clears throat> be tough, keep going, just doesn't work. Yeah. So finding some more opportunities to be authentic with my teammates and find other opportunities that serve me. Yeah. As opposed to doing the hard job. Yeah. Nice. All the time. Nice. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Simon. Yes. Just for, so, uh, let's just real quick. How, um, who is this Who is this Simon character you speak of? How'd you meet? Yeah. Et cetera. Um, we met um, on uh, Match.com. Match.com. 2014. Um, I had been on Match for like a year. Mm-hmm. And it, have you ever had a subscription to any of those services? Uh, I was on OkCupid. Okay That's the only oh, one okay. that I did. So it was like it, any of the paid services. Like if you pay, yeah. it auto-subscribes if you don't go in and like yeah. click a button. Yep. So if I had auto-like unsubscribed in October of 2013, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have met him. Mm. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for match.com for, for, for auto-subscribing yeah, me. Yeah. For trying no, to get yeah. all the money you can. I had um that was I had it was October of 2013 and I was like I'm done with this dating thing for now. If it's going to come out of anything, it'll come out organically through whatever's going on in my life. And I didn't unsubscribe, but I bought a dog and then I, or not about, I adopted a dog and then, and then started the Pilates certification. I'm like, I'm going to put my energy into this now. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to go this way. And then I was like, oh, son of a gun. It auto script subscribed. And so I was like, all right, fine. I'll keep going with this. And I was like, this bait I've been using, like my profile or whatever, doesn't seem to be catching what I want. So I like kick it over to, I'm like, you guys write me something. Here's my current profile. Like I literally have all these services to do that. Okay. And so the week that I met Simon was like the week that my profile changed. It was so funny. Cause like, you know, to him, he, he had just turned 40 and had decided to go on a dating service and wasn't sure if he was, he was recently divorced and wasn't sure if he wanted to start dating. So it was like, I, I caught him str- straight. Yeah. Like, snagged him straight out of the water. Yeah. But I, meanwhile, had been on for, like, 14 months, kind of going on dates, being my picky self. Yeah. 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 And and vice versa. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I get that. Sure, sure. Okay, so then, yeah. um, does he message you first? Uh, you message him? Do you remember? I commented on one of his pictures. Yeah, you did. And he had a dachshund cocker spaniel yeah he did and so i commented on the dog in the picture yeah yeah nice so, but you thought he was she's cute. my dog now and she's very cute she, but the yes. dog's cute but you thought he was no cute i too. thought he was cute um uh, and like seemed like a normal person mm-hmm. like because a lot of people lie or sure. a lot of people are, it, it's it's a very interesting world out there yeah. so he seemed authentic he seemed real but in all of these pictures where like he was like taking selfies of himself, like the dog would pop up in all of the photos. And nice. so I just made a comment. Um, and then he responded. And there you go. And yeah. now you guys are still dating. And we're still dating. How long how long has it been? Um so January of fourteen. So what is that? That's five that's six years? years. Six years in January. Six years in January. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um does he have any kids? No. No. Mm-mm. So no. Yeah, he was married, and and um, they divorced. He didn't have any kids. So I, you know, him meeting me and having Stella kind of made that little family nice thing happen. Very for nice for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And our dogs. Yeah, we have two dogs together too. So nice. Um, 
Well, yeah, that's a nice little picturesque family. It is. A li- like, I have that little family. Yeah. Yeah. But I stopped Yay. searching for the family, and then the family came by doing the things that, like, what was the next thing that needed to happen? Yeah. Where did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. I stopped forcing it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about organic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are there... Are you guys happy with your current situation? Do either of you care about, like, getting married like uh, or anything oh, like that? That's an interesting question. Um, so when he moved in, because he lives with me now, when he moved in a couple years ago, I, he might have a... I don't know. Maybe you need to interview him. Uh-huh. Um, I just... It, like, I feel that we're in a committed relationship. Yeah. And I'm with him and he's with me. And if anything changes, we should probably talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the need or want to get married to anybody went away when I was like, I don't think I'm going to have kids. Any more kids. Any more kids, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to be 43 next year. Mm. So, I mean, not that I couldn't. My mom had my little brother <laughs> at this age. Yeah. But shit's locked down tight. <laughs> yeah. locked down tight. Hi, security. Thank you, Marina. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Maybe they can get a sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. You know what? Let's end it on that nice image of <laughs> not no not not the birth control. <laughs> the image of you yeah. and Simon and Stella and your dogs yeah. and like our house a, and yeah, yeah, just a nice little stuff. life. Yeah. Good. That's good stuff. Things are good now. I right think, at this are, moment. At this moment, things are great, but. Like, I, I don't want to ignore, like, the stuff. You, do you know what I mean? Like, where you have, like, open communication with somebody and really, like, searching into, oh, that was um interesting tidbit mm-hmm. that my therapist gave me the other day. She said, you know, when somebody's doing something that seems to annoy you and they think that they know that it annoys you or whatever, she's like, just approach them with curiosity. Which is interesting because that's what you do in your podcast yeah yeah that is interesting like you come you come at it from a place of curiosity as opposed yeah. to a place of assuming that the person knows what they're doing is right. what it is yeah yeah and you've re- you've revealed my secret which is everyone that's on this podcast is somebody who annoys me and so i'm, I'm curious <gasps> no. No, i know that that's, like, that's totally, not yeah. true no um cool so um just some final questions to wrap up yeah um you mentioned some books. So what are some some helpful books that uh, that you've read that have helped you in some uh, way, shape, or form that maybe could help other people? Um, so I would say Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, mm-hmm. um, which if his voice is so soothing if you want to listen to it on audiobook and you have a long commute. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some good revelations and that was on the ability to, um, forgive and move on and let go, um, and try to like, uh, what is it? Be the watcher of your own feelings. I think that's him. A lot of things kind of cross over with, with other books. And then I think it is called Facing Codependence, uh, by Pia Melody. It was recommended to me by my therapist. And again, that was back to the, like, trying to learn how to forgive and understand why you are the way that you are. And, um, I'm always reading all sorts of, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm having this feeling and I'm Googling stuff and reading like three or four articles related to whatever that is to try to help build a formatted opinion of why. So, I definitely overthink. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, overthink, but like it's 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 all from a, a place to try to understand. Yeah, whatever is going on. I'm the same way with yeah. that. I do a lot of googling and researching. Ooh, I want to I want to know the last thing you googled. The last thing that I googled. Uh, yeah, I'm turning the tables. I want to know the last thing you googled. Oh, do I have to like open? Oh, oh I don't know. How, how do you even do that? I don't like the last thing you googled. Well, that I can remember. Yeah, I googled with shit all day. I know, but like related to like, you know. Like what, self-improvement like, and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Sorry. I just realized what I was looking up last. What were you looking no, up I, last? No, I want to hear yours. Well, I can probably tell you based on um, my Amazon. Oh, okay. Because uh, like I'll Google things and then I will find a book about it and add it to my like list. Yeah. So um, give me a second while, okay. I, while I pull it up. All right. Well, I here. I, well, no, because I feel like no. Okay, I want to hear you, yours. You want me to go first? Yeah, I want okay. you to go first. Let's see. Oh boy. Oh well. Um, get out of your mind and into your life. Oh, there you uh, go. That's a book. Overthinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of therapy stuff. Um, so I think I, I know one big thing that I've been googling mm-hmm. uh, recently has been uh, attachment theory stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, my therapist brought it up on our last session as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been away, so I haven't been able to go back to therapy. Or Yeah. Uh, but well, you <clears> have, have two months. I have a, yeah, have no, a no, clear no. schedule. There's going to be a lot of work yes. being done. Um, but that was the last thing I, I think. It's one of the big things I've been Googling lately is uh, attachment theory. And... Um, yeah, because I, I think that, uh, yeah, it's a thing that, as she explained it, like, you know, if there's, volat- like, you had volatility, you know. And, you get an anxious, yeah, like, not a secure attachment. Right, right. like, you, you don't feel safe. And I mm-hmm. so I think that's something that I might have some issues with as well. Yeah. You know, and I have anxiety now, so I think I was Googling, like, attachment theory and anxiety. Like, does that mm-hmm. are those connected? And can that be, is that a big thing? And trying to figure out, because trying to figure out my anxiety. Um, yeah. And um, so, yeah, so I think um, hopefully I'll get some work done with that, with uh, therapy in the in the coming months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because anxiety is something I struggle with and depression, um, but there's just like, that's such a big umbrella and there's just all kinds of stuff that goes, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's my, what from my childhood or what from my college years and what from, you know, what are my bad habits and stuff and trying to figure it all out. Right. And then yeah. like once you've mapped all of that, then you realize that everything that like the only thing you can do is what you have right now. Right. Yeah. Like, so that's the right. Like once you deal with all that stuff in the past um, and I'm sure you probably, you guys can't see it on here. I'm sure you've seen some of the, I, I make a lot of facial expressions, mm-hmm. but some of the pain that probably is still associated with some of that stuff, but to try to not give it as much weight mm-hmm. as it probably had at one time. Yes. And that's, I feel like that's something that's also, my therapist said one time, you know, um, I forgot what she said. She was like, insight alone isn't like going to fix things. So like, I so much want to know you know, I almost wish like I could be plugged into a machine and like mm-hmm. run diagnostics like on my emotional and mental right. state and be like, here's what's wrong with you and here's the reason why. Right. But like none of that's helpful if you don't like take action on stuff. So your really- environmental factors, right? Like some of these sometimes they say like 
you know, oh, it's part genetics and then it's your environmental factors. Yeah. Right? So you could figure out what all the genetic stuff is. But if you change nothing about your environment. Yeah. Or just or, yeah. change like, yeah, like if you don't decide to act differently mm -hmm. like if you just know like even not even not just the genetic but like what was my nurturing like what's the way that my mom and my dad and my siblings and my childhood people the way they related to me the way they acted or where they treated me that probably shaped or that definitely shapes everyone mm -hmm. right so but even just knowing that if you don't like choose to respond now with my current like my girlfriend now and my yeah. peers now and my friends like you have to be able to choose how to act in this situation in the present moment and yeah. so it's like just knowing all that stuff isn't going to like change you, you know, like it's, it's not going to change how you act like right. you have to choose to do that so yeah i don't know i'm still learning all this shit we are we all, <laughs> we all are, are yeah, yeah yeah i mean and like once you like i feel like once you think you know you don't know. Like it, it's a constant. It's like it's oh, nope. I'm gonna nope. You thought you knew. I'm pulling the chair out now. Yeah. Life life pulls the chair out from under you, and yeah. it's like, well, how are you gonna react now? Now that the chair is pulled out, how are you gonna react now? Right. Like, is it gonna be the same way, or is it gonna be different? Yeah. You know, and those are your opportunities to practice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But a, a kudos to you and to myself for. <laughs> um trying to address those things you know because yeah. some i mean sometimes people uh whether it be it's just not in their na their nature to be introspective or they just i don't know for whatever reason we see problems and we want to solve them and we like we want to better ourselves mm -hmm. um and i think that that's a good thing you know even though we'll never be the perfect being um that we want to be but like i think it's a it's a great thing to be in counseling, to be in therapy, to read books, and to try to better yourself. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. What was the last thing you Googled? Six types of energy vampires that emotionally exhaust you. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, did you get some some good insight? Oh, I mean, like, again, some of these these websites are not the best. <laughs> you know, they're not the best source. Who, who's that wasn't, the source on that wasn't WebMD? That sounded no, very uh, legit. So, oh goodness. Oh no, lonerwolf.com. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like it's just what comes up, right? That's my so blog. you click that. So but like, you know, the Google search was energy vampire symptoms. So like, how are you identifying energy vampires? And that really it's back to something we talked about at work. Yeah. A little while ago is that like once you're kind of in a group of people and people start to go down that like energy vamp like that not not productive thinking kind of complaining spiral, yeah. it can suck everybody with it. Yeah. And so how do you identify that? How do you how do you, you know, try to steer things back on the right course and yeah, yeah that type of stuff. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Um are you left handed? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I figured it out. Why is that? Because I was phoning left handed? No, um I I I uh I had this uh, some other books that are on my list are about like reading people or like um, reading faces, mm -hmm. and um, I didn't get very far with it. But I, 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 there was this thing about where people look when they're so you look one way when you're accessing mem memories, oh. and another way when you're like kind of inventing or creating. Um, mm -hmm. And so when you're accessing your memories, you're looking right, which is the opposite. But they said it, it's the opposite if they're left-handed. Mm. So usually people look to the left when they're like looking when they're 
thinking of memories. Oh, um, and I you were, see. But you're left-handed. So, right. so, yeah, so I was... Um, Makes sense. I'm a little ambidextrous. Oh, nice. But... Yeah. I can, I can write and mouse at the same time. But you're left-handed. But I'm left-handed. I'm Sherlock Holmes, man. I'm like the Sherlock Holmes of faces and eyes. Not really. You I do guess. have the most expressive face at FCI, I would say. Um, very expressive face, even off stage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told you this where I was yeah. like... I was, uh, I think this was at the um, Impride Festival. I was taking pictures, uh, it's just you know, the crowd and of the people on stage, and you're in the crowd, and you're just your, the 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 gamut of facial expressions watching the show was was. Um, oh really? Yeah. To behold. Well, and so it's really hard because um, my face does, unfortunately, like it is the window to like what I'm thinking at that moment, but like. That's a gift. But it can go from one one thought to another. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not, like, I don't think I ever have, like, a, a permanence of a way that I think about any one thing or part. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 Well, so, cool. I'd like to think that. Before we go, I'd like to ask, um, just bring it back to improv real quick. Um, yeah. you know, And just a thought that I had, I'm going to express it, is that it's funny, um, improv to you, it seems like, you were real brief about talking about improv and it's just cause it's just, this, it's a, it's a thing that you care about. Obviously you do and that you mm-hmm. enjoy, but like, um, it's not like this religion to you. Maybe it is, but I, I, I didn't get this feeling and I respect that. Like, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Cause like you, I mean, you have a kid after all. And so right. like, I feel like somebody who's a parent, you know, um, and you're doing improv, like improv is this thing and it has its place, but it's not my be all and end all. Like your life is and your child's a huge part of your life. But improv is just like, it's not nothing, but it's just like... It flavor, like I think I said it flavors, but like it adds like a piece of like, it's my space to do what I want to, like what I want to do. Yeah. Um, But then like the the rest of your life, like it it bleeds in. It, It helps me with, like figuring out situations how to talk to my daughter about stuff mm-hmm. it helps me figure out situations to work out at work it, yeah. it it gives me access to a group of people that i would never meet otherwise yeah a lovely group of people yeah, yeah. i've met so many really like awesome people that you can kind of like immediately connect with um but i've survived a long time without it and like but i you know i i i love it and if i could if there's something that you know who knows where it'll go but there's no there's no like i'm trying to do all this stuff to get to here it's like today i enjoy doing this and these are the things that i can commit to and i don't i try not to overcommit because when i overcommit i I lose my sense of self yeah yeah well you have a very healthy relationship with improv which is good Good i hope so yeah good for you (laughs) I was going to ask you, like, who are some of your favorite improvisers to watch or play with? But, I mean, do you watch much improv outside of, uh, you um, know, just the shows that you do? So, I, I no, I have, I've, yeah. I I do watch. Um, I, I had uh, Bridget um, Caviola, mm-hmm. right, for level six. And I've had the opportunity to see her in a couple more shows. I actually did my greenhorn with her. I don't know if she knows that. Nice. So, we were, I think we had gone to... Um, we had gone to culinary school together and I might've been working it in and out or she was working it in and out and I was working at Olive Garden. I don't know, but I was, I think I started asking about the benefits. I don't, it, it was, I was so nervous. Yeah. I was so nervous, yeah. but I seem to remember that part, Yeah, you know, and I, and she's just always very easy to work with on stage. I mean, it could go, 
She's great. Yeah. I think I did it at Greenhorn with her as well. Like I was the mayor and she was like, she started seeing like Mr. Mayor, which is like a great, yeah. great gift. Yeah. Um, I think I was still like, I wasn't as nervous, but like, I remember I kept, <laughs> I kept talking. I was talking too much. Right. And like, I think she even got frustrated because she was just <laughs> like, I just kept cutting her off. And I, but like, because I was probably a little nervous and just wanted, you know, control of the scene. You know? Right. But she handled it. She, I think she's one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a, I, I'm interested to see when I go back to Charleston to go and visit the local theater there that mm-hmm. I didn't, wasn't aware of. Um, and I, so there are, there are a lot, like, I mean, I would say every teacher that I've had has been solid and spot, spot on. Yeah. Um, I love working with the Langdons, um, cause I have Nancy as a coach now and then I've had Kevin for musical, mm-hmm. um, Sean, um, Roop. Yep, Sean Roop. I had him for level five, and then um, Amy. You know, she's she's coached. We don't not want no scrubs, but I also had her for level three, and like level three kind of really solidified that I wanted to keep doing it. Yeah. So that was a definite impact. Um, so I mean, like, could name. Yeah, that's a good list. Yeah, I yeah right. I could name it. I love everybody. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love everybody, but um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, potentially taking some classes outside of the San Diego area. Ooh. Yeah. Like where? Maybe. Maybe. Well, Simon's been encouraging me to to go to LA. So because I'm talking about it today, it'll likely happen a year from now. Yeah. Because that's how I roll. Yeah. Like it's always very well planned out and like For sure. does it fit in the schedule. And, For yeah. sure. So. Like UCB or something like that? Um, it, it, it maybe yep. or whichever theater provides the right timing that I could do it on the week. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, just kind of like pick the one that fits my schedule and yeah. Yeah. So what's that? I mean, what's the itch there that you want to scratch? Like just more classes or just different um, perspectives or yeah, different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always it, like I change jobs at work not necessarily to advance but to learn more about a little piece of something else yeah um and then as as I get that piece I'm like oh now I know this piece of the puzzle and how it fits in the big picture so yeah. I feel like I have a better understanding of how like our organization systematically works yeah and it it helps me know that I'm making the right decisions on a day-to-day basis nice so cool yeah Cool. Anyway, yeah. Cool. So. That'll be a fun thing a year from now. Yeah. Um, real quick, do you have a uh, a funny text from your teenage daughter? Oh, I, I was wondering if you're gonna ask that. Um, I saw her yesterday. Um, oh, is she posted something to her Instagram account that I thought was funny? Let's see if she's if it. Well, you know that like your stories only go for 24 hours. Yeah. So I really hope it's not gone yet. But I I I, I don't want to paraphrase because she's. She's funnier than I am. <laughs> Kids are getting funnier these days. They are. There's a praying mantis living his best life in my living room. IDK. I don't know, right? Yeah. My sister named him Santa. I think that, like, <laughs> I just find it. I always like, and there's a literal. Yeah, there's a little there's, picture there's of a praying a mantis. Literal, oh, yeah. A literal praying mantis Oh, and there. apparently Shrek is life. Oh, Shrek yeah, is life. Yeah, Shrek is life. There's like a big, big thing. Um, but yeah, other than that, let's see. Classic teenage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about her downloading apps to her phone. Cause like things popped up. She's not supposed to be able to download 
onto her phone and somehow these things are popping up and when they pop up on her phone, they pop up on mine. And I'm like, how are you downloading apps to your phone? She's like, it allows me to. I haven't paid for anything. <laughs> like, okay, it's just weird. I thought you needed my face or a passcode. And she's like, nope. She's bypassed you. She's bypassed me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There you go. Yeah. Dustin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for caring. Oh, you assume. No, I'm just <laughs> You assume too much, sir. Yeah. No, no, I do care. No, yeah. I just wanted to rhyme, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and... Uh, now I'm glaring. Yeah, no, no thank you for sorry. glaring. Um, right. Thank you so much. And uh, you can see Dustin uh, on stage with Fjordash. Fjordash. Oh. Every week? Um, every other week. Every other week. Every nice. other week. Other, every other Friday. And then every the other... nine o'clock block. Every other year, you can catch her with Terra Squad and or We Don't Not Want on Scrubs. Oh. <laughs> we get no, it's that. Tuesday. We're going to be on Tuesday night. What? Tuesday with Scrubs. What, this Tuesday? Yes. Where? Torque? At Twigs. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it's all good. Oh, nice. Well, that'll be fun. Reminder, reminder. No, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. You can see her there. Say hi to her. Um, thanks. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Bye. bye. Say, say bye to the kids. Bye-bye. <laughs>